0: Hey everybody and welcome back to Ty's Tech Line, the podcast that features real conversations with real people talking about how technology impacts our everyday lives. I'm your host Tyler Harrington and thank you so much for being here. Just a quick little update on the podcast. As you may have noticed, this podcast is going live on a Wednesday morning. Up until now, we've been going live on Monday mornings, which I don't think I ever really announced as like a public official thing, but I made that a goal for myself to upload these podcasts every Monday morning. Well, I'm making a little bit of a switch and you can be expecting these to be hitting your podcast feeds on Wednesday mornings going forward. I don't know about you, but I listen to a ton of different podcasts and almost all of them. Go live on Mondays. So to sort of counteract that and to sort of avoid the Monday morning rush of podcasts, I'm going to be going live on Wednesday mornings now. So that's just a small change that you can expect going forward. If you're listening to this in the future, you may be expecting them always on Wednesdays, but just a small change. Just wanted to update you on that. For today's episode, we have a very, very unique. Episode for you guys. And we're actually doing a little bit of a reverse podcast, a reverse with Cheru. I'm actually going to be interviewed on today's episode by our guest, Jordan. And she is going to be asking me all sorts of questions about podcasting. So, the way this sort of all came about is uh, Jordan and I were actually connected through a mutual acquaintance via email. And she said, Hey, my friend Jordan is interested in starting her own podcast. She was wondering if she could ask you some questions. I get emails like this. This all the time, which is actually the reason why I started this podcast to begin with, because I love answering these types of questions and having these types of conversations with people. But I decided that with Jordan, instead of just answering her questions over email or maybe jumping on a Google Hangout and chatting with her, I asked her, I was like, hey, would you be interested in coming on the episode of the podcast? You can ask me all the questions that you have. You can just ask them to me on the podcast here and then we can go from there. So she agreed and that's where we are today. So in this conversation you're about to hear, I have a little chit chat with Jordan. There's a little bit of an intro here at the beginning where you guys can get to know Jordan, hear her story. She has a really, really cool story. Her and her husband run a business out of an RV, which is really awesome, so I had to ask her all about that. So we we, you know, we have a little bit of banter back and forth talking about her, her business, and her life, and then we jump into talking all about podcasting. So first I asked her a couple questions about the podcast her and her husband are interested in starting, and then she asked me a ton of really great questions all about podcasting, how to get started, the technology that goes into it, all of that jazz. So it's a little bit different. You're gonna hear me doing more talking on this podcast than I normally do, but I think it's gonna be really, really great. So if you're out there and you're interested in starting a podcast, this is the episode for you few quick notes before we jump in. All of the different things that I talk about in this, there's a ton of different things. I'm going to have links to all of those in the description below. So all the tech gear, all the programs I use, pretty much anything I mention is all going to be in the show notes of this podcast. So make sure you check that out. And I know that there's going to be a lot of questions after this podcast. So it's just There's just so much to cover and we try to cover as much as we could, but I know that there's going to be more out there. So if you guys have questions about podcasting, anything that we didn't cover, or you had additional questions questions about going over to my Instagram at Tyler Harrington and shoot me a message. If we have enough questions, I might do a follow-up episode inspired by user questions and things like that. Um, And if there's only a couple, then I'll just respond to you right there. So make sure you go ahead and do that. And with no further ado, I'm going to turn it over to the conversation with Jordan. So I hope you enjoy All righty. So today on the podcast, we are talking with Jordan. Jordan, hello, hello. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes, I'm so, so excited for today's uh, conversation. And one really cool thing about you and your husband is that you guys are actually full-time RVers, correct? Is that the correct terminology there? RVers? (laughs) Full-time RVers, yes. So, through the power of the internet, where are we chatting from right now?
1: We are chatting from Park City, Utah, thanks to uh, a Verizon Wi-Fi jetpack.
0: (laughs) That is is so awesome. Okay, so we're going to jump into podcasting and we're going to talk about all that sort of stuff. But I need to know more about this whole RV life thing, and I need to know what's, I need to know all about it. So tell me a little bit about you, who you are, what you're all about and how you came to be a full-time RVer. Uh,
1: Short answer is I married a crazy person. The long answer, (laughs) (laughs) um, my husband and I, uh, we have a business, a digital marketing company, um, and uh, we just love traveling. About a year after we started dating, back when we were both working uh, corporate America jobs, uh, we were living in New York City, and we actually left those jobs to backpack South and Central America together. And so we've kind of just had adventure and travel at the heart of our just life and relationship kind of from the beginning. And when we came back to America and started our business, um, we were we were really local to the Philly area for about two and a half years. Um, then got engaged, planning the wedding. And, and through that, we we're, you know, starting to have the conversations of where do we want to live? Do we rent? Do we buy? And, you know, started looking in Philly. And we just kept having it on our heart. Like, well, what if we went and lived in Colorado for a year or in Oregon for a year or... We just, we realized that we're really fortunate to have a business that we can bring kind of anywhere. And with technology now, it's just so easy to run a business, you know, from your house and that can really be all over the place. So Pete came up with the idea that we should live in an RV full time. And I immediately shot him down. I was like, there's no way I'm living in a trailer (laughs) and driving around the country with you. But honestly, the more we looked into it, the more we realized there's just this, niche and amazing community of people that actually run businesses on the road. Um, And we live in a fifth wheel. So if you know kind of RVs at all, it's not a motor home. It's not one that you drive. It's a tow behind. Okay. And it feels very residential. It feels kind of like a tiny home on wheels. So... It has kind of the luxuries of living. We're not quite so like van life, very minimal. We have pretty much a little house. Uh, We just get to bring it all over the country with us. So that's kind of the, uh, the longer answer of how he convinced me that I would like RV life.
0: (laughs) That is seriously, that is so amazing. And it's true because we can run uh, these types of businesses that we run. As long as you have a laptop and some sort of internet source, you can really kind of run it from anywhere. So I think that that's so amazing that you guys are willing to do that. So would you guys call yourselves minimalists? Maybe not like do you, I guess you kind of forced into some sort of a minimalist lifestyle, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you know what the the backpacking trip that we did a few years ago really was the first time that we ever like gave up New York City apartments to move to have sixty five liters on our backs. So that's that's I had one jeans, one shirt, one sweatshirt, like that was super minimalist, but it was it wasn't long term, and it was just kind of for a right. trip, um, for a few months, and so we went into this lifestyle. I, I knew I could live with a lot less than we had, um, but it's still really daunting to be like, let me yeah, no, everything can that I have. only imagine. Um, so we actually watched the documentary, uh, The Minimalists. I don't know if you've, if yes, you've seen it
0: Yes, I was just going to bring that up.
1: Yes. We, well, we love documentaries, but we loved that documentary. And I think before that, I definitely would not have considered myself a minimalist. I think since watching that, I really love their, their, their definition of it as you only have the things that bring you joy. And you don't need excess of that. And so I still have like plenty of shoes. Do I have 30 pairs of shoes with me? No, I have one pair of sneakers. I have one pair of boots. know, it's really, right. it, it's simple, but we have honestly more than we need. So I think, I mean, we, we were just saying this weekend, we think we feel like we can keep purging <laughs> more of our stuff, um, but definitely minimalist in that we just, we don't have more than we need, I guess.
0: Yeah, so I'm the opposite of a minimalist. I'm sort of a pack rat. (laughs) And the problem is I'm very logical in my my brain. So in my mind, getting rid of something that I may need in the future doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense, especially since we have a house and an attic and all these places. Now, if we're running out of space, logically I'd say, okay, yeah, then you can maybe get rid of it. But since we have this space and there's a potential that we may need it in the future, I'm not gonna have to rebuy it, then it's hard for me to get rid of things. I also put a lot of emotional attachment into certain Mm -hmm. items for whatever reason. But um, the guy who actually made that documentary about minimalism, his name is Matt Mm -hmm. Diavella, And he has a really good podcast and he has a really awesome YouTube channel. So I found his YouTube channel recently through he was on another... Person I follow their Mm -hmm. podcast you know that whole kind of deal so I've been listening to his stuff and following his YouTube channel and it's got my got me thinking like I'm not (laughs) ready to go full like backpacking or like RV minimalist but it has got me thinking more about like a lot of the excess like 50 t-shirts that I have that I wear like five of you know that kind of thing but
1: yeah totally I'm the same way as you though I'm Pete is very much could live with like three t-shirts and be fine right and I I'm very much myself, like, well, what if I need this set of, ca- like, I have cowboy boots at my parents' house that I probably have <laughs> worn once in five years. But right. if I ever need cowboy boots right. again, no I don't want to buy them again. Like, actually, right. funny story, I have them because I was in the show Footloose. So I used to, like, <laughs> I only have them for like a music, but you know, one of those things that, yeah, I don't want to buy them just in case. I Yeah. So I am very much on the same page and RV life kind of forced me into it.
0: Right, right, right. But
1: I could see where having a house, like, why not yeah. have just in case you need all these things.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of a gift and a curse. Ash could literally not care about anything. She'll just throw stuff away. She doesn't even think twice about it and she just throws it away. And my logical brain is thinking like tw- 20 steps ahead thinking when we may potentially ever need it again. But um, so talk to me a little bit about your business because you're obviously running your business from this RV. So what is it that you guys do? Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so we, when we got back from the backpacking trip, it kind of all started there where we felt like we made these big leaps in our lives to get out of the jobs that we really didn't love. And we had, we kind of already took that big risk. So we came back and just decided, you know, let's try this entrepreneurship thing. Like what's the worst that could happen? We kind of already made that jump. And so we had some experience. Uh, We both studied business in college. Um, He had done sales. I did marketing for a startup. So we had kind of those very basic, I would say business and web and marketing skills. And so we put together um, an Excel sheet. We were living on a little seven mile island at the time and we just started knocking door to door um, to mom and pop shops, asking them if we could build them websites. And that's kind of was our approach of let's just see if we can, like, let's see if someone hires us, like, let's see if we can make this work. Um, And I think because of the way that we did it on this small island, a lot of family run shops that only have five months out of the year to really make business and they don't want this giant agency coming at them that um, a lot of those businesses took a chance on us. And from there, we've grown word of mouth and referrals for the last you know three plus years. So it's been a really cool way to kind of build relationships from the very beginning. And so since then, um, our business started with web design. We, we, we're kind of in that stage of you say yes to any project that comes your way right, for the right, first right. year just to figure out what you like and what you don't. Um, and now we do kind of a mix between the web design and then a lot of our business is actually coaching uh, entrepreneurs and wedding professionals and teaching them marketing, uh, specifically within the Facebook and Instagram ad space. That's really kind of become a jam.
0: Gotcha. Which is huge right now. Which is huge. Yeah. and it's That's super smart.
1: Yeah, it is honestly, we, now that we fell into it, we, we invested early into learning. And I mean, something with ads, you kind of just have to learn by putting money in it, like a lot of trial and error and figuring out what yeah. works. And um, we just found like, he just got really, really good at it. And then we realized that there were, it's so easy to waste money on those platforms yes, that there was 100%. a need for smart. ads. So it's kind of really where we've, um, I would say, majority of our business, I'd say 70% is kind of the ads and coaching. And then 30% is just web design, just because people still ask us to build their websites. And I just genuinely
0: enjoy doing that. So
1: that's kind of the the
0: rundown right I seriously do think that it's a personality thing to being good at (laughs) Facebook ads I don't know what it is but I have certain friends who are just really good at Facebook ads and I don't know what it is I do seriously think it has something to do with the way that your brain is configured um and that's so that's so true everything you just said Mm -hmm. is so true because you can waste a lot of money on Facebook ads really fast if you don't know what you're doing and the only way Mm -hmm. to learn how to do it is through experience so if you guys have that experience and you can offer to save people money that's a really great investment so that's awesome um that you guys are doing that. And I think that's so cool how you guys just, you uh, seem very uh, entrepreneurial and you just have this awesome spirit about you guys where you're able to go out and just <laughs> oh, do things. You. And if you want to you know, tackle it, like backpacking or RVing or starting your, you know, going door to door and and starting you with know, websites and stuff like that on this little island. I think that says a lot about you guys, um, which is makes me really excited for your next endeavor that you're looking to start, <laughs> which is to start a podcast, right?
1: Yes, we. it's is something that's been on our hearts for a while now. Um, and I feel like we both... We both got to a point in our business where we're like, we're really happy. We're finally at this point where we love everything that we're doing. We really feel confident and comfortable with what we're doing and scaling. And like this idea that's been on our hearts for a while that always got put on the back burner. We kind of feel like this is really the time where we have the value to add and we have kind of like that heart and the mission of why we want to do it. So I'm really excited to chat with you today because I have absolutely no idea about podcasting aside from all the ones that I listen to. So I'd love, I'm excited to kind of get the, you know, your mindset of producing them and creating them and everything that goes into it
0: sure 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 i'm um, so yeah, and i'm really excited to talk about that too so as you like i mentioned in the uh, intro to this episode everybody who's listening uh, this is going to be a little bit different of an episode so what we're going to do is before we jump in i'm going to ask jordan here just a couple questions about kind of just to get a baseline of where they're coming from kind of their goals ambitions sort of just kind of where they're coming from and then she's going to ask me a bunch of questions about podcasting because i've had a number of people reaching out asking very similar things like hey i want to know how to start a podcast all those type of things because, as I'm sure you know, podcasting is super, super popular right now. And 2018 has been the year Mm -hmm. of the podcast so far. Um, And I thought, instead of just... She originally reached out and was like, you're wanting to ask me these, you know, just through email or whatever. And I said, what if we came on the podcast, we could talk about it this way, give you a bit of a crash course in podcast hosting, and I get to answer some questions. I think it's going to be good for everybody. So I'm really excited. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and then we're going to jump in to your questions sound good
1: yeah i feel like this is like an interview for podcasting in a way of like my trial of how i ask questions to people on a podcast but
0: yeah it's gonna be trial by fire i'm excited i love it so okay so my question so first of all uh you kind of already answered this a little bit but so why do you guys want to start a podcast and what do you want your podcast to be about
1: so what's funny is the podcast has nothing to do with our business in the sense of marketing and web design, it really has to do with kind of our why in our heart. We we love what we do, um, but we feel like there's this need for a conversation around this idea of a marketplace ministry and the idea that there's so many people that feel called to, you know, serve the Lord through their faith and, and grow and love others, but they're not really called to full-time ministry. Like we're not pastors, we're not, you know, in the church and, and we really want to do that through our business and how we serve our clients and how we, you know, lead others. And so we want to have a podcast that starts these conversations with other entrepreneurs and business owners that ask them those questions of, and, and starts these conversations around really kind of like having a mission place in your market, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally true. So you probably don't know this about me, but a little bit of background. So when I was in college, I did Campus Crusade for Christ, you know, a Christian organization on campus. And I thought for sure that I was going to Graduate. I had a graphic design degree and I thought for sure I was going to graduate and go work for a church and make videos and do design and do all those types of things, right? That was sort of like always my dream all through college. I pretty much majored in crew and I got this degree essentially so that I could do this. Mm-hmm. When I graduated, um, I was having a really hard time finding a job in that specific mm-hmm. field, right? It just, it's, it's there's a lot of things that have to line up. You've got to find a church that can not only afford to pay you money, totally. um, but also, you know, aligns with theologically what you believe and is like where you want to be and I was just getting married, like all these different factors. So that sort of didn't quite work out. Like everything that I thought it was going to be, it seemed like it was all kind of getting slammed. So I got a regular kind of like nine to five job. I was doing product photography. And then an opportunity came up for me to work at my church here as doing like an internship kind of thing and it actually ended up being a really perfect stepping stone sort of transition between full-time employment and doing our business full time. So, I was doing Mm -hmm. this nine-month internship and essentially what I wanted to figure out was am I being called into full-time ministry, kind of like what you're talking about here, or am I being called into my business or do I need to stay in like full-time corporate America? Like which of these mm-hmm. things is going to kind of win out? So it took me about nine months of doing that to figure out like, I don't actually want to do full-time church ministry, right? And this isn't the only way that I can serve the church. I'm actually probably going to serve the church better by just being a volunteer, serving my time where I can, and then running my business on the side. So I think that's a really awesome topic. And when you told me uh, in our emails and stuff that that's what yeah. you want to talk about, I thought that was great because that was very, very, very relevant to my life. And I just think that that is a really big thing that people can struggle with and being relevant and serving in that way without necessarily being full-time staff. Because I felt like I needed to be on full-time staff at a church to be serving. And I know now that that's not true. Yeah.
1: And I think I love that you should that because I didn't know that part of your story. And I feel like that just gets me more excited and pumped up to have these conversations because I want people to have that me too effect. Like I want people to sit there and listen and be like, Oh, like give you permission to say you could still like walk faithfully in your journey with Christ and serve people. And I mean, I think it's hard sometimes the more that you grow and you read like, Oh, we're supposed to, you know, create disciples and love others and serve God. And well, how am I doing that if I'm not going out on the street corners and and sharing the gospel? And and how can I, and how can I use kind of the gifts and the talents that God's given me or the opportunities and, and where I'm at in my life in this season? Like how can I use all of that? to still like live out a mission of, of serving God and glorifying him so I love your story because I think that's something that so many people do struggle with especially in the entrepreneurial sense because you can do like you can start a business and you can you know like not necessarily just get that nine to five like you said there's this kind of in-between state that that you seem to like have you know, found for yourself. So I'm really excited that you said that.
0: Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, you have a lot more control over your impact Mm -hmm. and over the way that you want to run your business that you may not have working at a nine to five job and stuff like that. So you actually do have a lot more of an opportunity to make an impact, you know, if you want to and those types of things. So I think that that all is great. So I think that's really interesting. Um, So my second question is, do you either of you guys have any experience as far as like video editing or audio recording or any of those different types of things?
1: Uh, Pretty basic in the sense. I mean, we have some blogs and things. And we've done some like drone video work, things like that. So we're pretty comfortable in Adobe Premiere, um, and we have the Adobe suite. So okay. um, we've had to do some. Lots of video editing that way and some basic audio editing, you know, when there's wind in the background and things like that. Um cutting and editing. But sure. Um that's pretty much the extent of our editing skills. Right. But
0: you do so you do know how to use Premiere and you have access yeah. to the full Adobe Suite. Okay, so that's great. So that's already a head start on on a lot of people. And then um as far as like startup costs and those types of things, do you have a specific budget that you're trying to stay within? Not necessarily an exact number, but um, do you know if you're trying to do this like maybe like as cheap as possible. If you're willing to invest some in it, you the sky's the limit. Like you don't, you're willing to invest whatever you know, is. Do you do kind of. I don't. Do you have a way that you'd kind of classify where your budget would fall for this?
1: Yeah, we uh, we kind of like to do things kind of MVP style. So like the minimal viable product of that's kind of, or like a lean startup model, I guess. So we're not scared to invest money. Like if you tell me there's a microphone that's fifty dollars or hundred and fifty dollars, but the hundred fifty is is worth it and that's going to make a big difference, then I'm not I'm not opposed to doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, we do kind of like to work, I guess, figure like making sure that we pick, make the right decision. So, I mean, I would say we're probably in the middle. I don't think we're trying to do it necessarily mm-hmm. as cheap as possible, just because it is something that at this point now, that we want to start it, we're committing to it. I want to grow it. I want to do it the right way. So I think, I mean, but at the same time, it's not like we're going to, we have a ton of sponsors waiting to pay us to, to run this thing. So. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's super helpful. And that's where I feel like a lot of people are probably going to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I've always, when it comes to buying gear and stuff like that, my philosophy is always, if you buy it the right right mm-hmm. way the first time, you never have to replace it. But if you go as cheap as possible, then you'll have to buy another cheap one and another cheap one. And then eventually you should have just bought totally the one that you wanted to begin with. And there we'll get into it. there's a range as far as the stuff goes and i think that people's ability to hear audio quality is a lot less than us like podcast creators like to believe so obviously like you want to have like the fancy mics and like all this fancy stuff but in reality like people are listening like on their phones mm-hmm. on their like apple earbuds. you know it's not They're not listening with, like, high-fidelity headphones or, like, crazy speakers or whatever. So, okay, perfect. Um, I think that is a good background for us to start. Do you have anything else that you kind of wanted to share or anything else about the podcast you think that we should know before we kind of jump into some questions?
1: No, I'm just... I'm excited to learn. I think I have a bajillion questions for you, so I'm just going to try to ask really smart ones. And if you have one that people ask you a lot then maybe we can spend some more time there um, since I know these are kind of specific to what's going through in my mind so
0: yeah yeah no I think that this will be really helpful to pretty much anybody out there because like I said a lot of people are looking to do this and it seems very intimidating and it is but it isn't like I think that this conversation will help a lot of people so I'm excited so all right so I'm gonna turn it over to you you have the reins so whenever you're ready Okay.
1: Let's go I, for it. Let's like let start intro answering some of, questions. Like, welcome to Ty's Takeover. Like, ty- <laughs> I need the big like the yeah. music. <laughs> yeah. I think just kind of diving in from the beginning. I kind of want to work through it logically. So, once you decided to start your podcast, like you said, this is a very popular thing now, and I think a lot of people have an idea of wanting to start it, and there's a lot of things that can either get in the way or hold them back. What did your first steps look like from deciding I'm going to start a podcast to publishing them?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, the whole podcasting thing sort of started when the app Anchor came out. Did you ever get in on the app Anchor? Have you heard of Anchor?
1: I know. I know it. I did not get in on that.
0: Yeah. So basically, if anybody out there is listening, it's basically what they call like micro podcasting. So basically, you can hold the phone up to your ear and talk into it and basically record a little like less than five minutes. Podcast episode, and you can string a couple of those together, and it's essentially like uh, just like an easier way of kind of getting into podcasting. And I started doing that, but I quickly found that I really wanted to like get a microphone and like do it that way, and then you know edit it and then upload it to the website, which kind of defeated the whole purpose of like the Anchor app anyway. So that was kind of like my first little inkling of thinking that it was something I wanted to do. And for me, my main motivation behind doing this podcast really was I do a lot of video stuff, like obviously videos, like our bread and butter. But I felt like everything that I was doing was becoming work related. I didn't really have a creative outlet. So like kind of like your podcast, this this podcast isn't necessarily in 100% alignment with our like where we make our money, but it is in alignment with like my personal brand and like who I am and what I like. So that was kind of why I decided I wanted to start that. But as far as like the steps and stuff go, I mean, having the idea is obviously the first thing. So you've already got that. So that's good. Um, picking the name was probably the second thing like trying to figure out, okay what are we going to call this thing and then for me since I have a background in graphic design and it sounds like you guys do also and then it was kind of coming up with okay what's some podcast art that I want to have how do I want to design this kind of started thinking through that process uh, just like the normal sort of design process going through all those different things and then for me it was a lot of research so part of the reason I wanted to start a podcast is because I love research I love looking stuff up I love learning new things I'm learning about all the tech and the software and the programs and all that different stuff so it was really just like looking online, going on YouTube, doing all the work. So basically, you're you're just bypassing all that. You're you're doing smarter than I did, and you're just going straight to the source, right to the which is great. Yes, <laughs> yeah, which is great. So that was my next step. Really big was I like figure okay, how am I going to do this? What do I need to do? What's the best way to do it? Because I know was a million, you know, there's different million different ways to do it, um, and figuring all that stuff out, and then. Just kind of going for it, you know, figuring out who I wanted to have on. And a lot of it has sort of been like trial by fire to a certain extent. But also, like I said, just learning from all the different resources that I could find online.
1: That's awesome. I think it's really cool that you went. You're also on the same page of it's not necessarily uh, podcasting about what you do in your business every day. But it is it's it brings kind of like your passion and what you love to, you know, your business part together. I have two kind of follow up questions to that. One, you talked about choosing the name and that being kind of the first step. And I really do feel like that has a big impact on people finding you and knowing what the podcast is about. And I I feel like for us even, that's been a lot of pressure of what's our name going to be? So was there certain things that you, you tried to figure out or look for when you were really kind of figuring out that name or... I guess, even the the description of what your podcast would be.
0: Yeah, honestly, it was one of those things where you kind of, I think you can overthink it. Totally. So I kind of just wanted to go with something that just sort of like fit. And I kind of hemmed and hawed on it for a long time. But for a long time, I was just going to call it like the Tyler Harrington show or you know, something sort of simple like that. You know, I think it needs to be catchy. I think it needs to look good, like when it's designed. And it does, I think it needs to have some sort of a descriptor of what you do, but also have the flexibility to be able to um, evolve over time. Because my goal for this podcast, and I think with all podcasts is that they're going to kind of change and morph a little bit as you progress through them. And the more that you do, the more you kind of really hone in on what you want to do. So that's one thing I would say is like don't lock yourself into anything too, too specific because I think that you want to leave yourself some wiggle room to kind of evolve and grow as the podcast grows. I think taking all kind of all those factors into play and then also you know, like searchability, uniqueness making sure nobody else has the name those types of things so it's just like anything i don't think you you guys know with like a marketing background you probably have, have more insight into it than i than i probably do um, but those are the kind of factors that came into my mind
1: no that's good to know i think what you said not hemming and hawing i mean we're trying to live by the done is better than perfect i think <laughs> mm-hmm. when people get these ideas to start something you can spend so long just coming up with a name for it before instead of just right. starting
0: and the same thing with the topic i mean you ha- obviously want to have a general idea of you want what you want the topic to be and how kind of how you want the flow to be but at the same time you got to leave room for it to evolve over time and see like wow this is really working better than this and people are responding mm-hmm. better to that so not getting so married to an a- idea that you can't feel the freedom to sort of move and pivot but at the same time you want to have a- enough of a trajectory and enough of a theme running through it that people know what to expect when they come to listen to your podcast.
1: No, that's great advice and not something that I would have thought of on our own of not pigeonholing yourself too much, but being niche enough that people know what to expect. Right, exactly. One thing that you kind of talked about when the planning stage is obviously you love tech and you love doing the research of that. So I just want to dive into what your favorite tech is and what you'd recommend for podcasting, kind of given that middle ground of investing right from the start.
0: So this is where we could literally, I could literally go on about this all day long. And the, the interesting thing, like I was kind of saying, is that there are so many different like variables and so many different kind of ways that you can go um, with kind of varying levels of quality difference. So a lot of it is going to kind of be personal preference. Um, but the first thing that I definitely wanted to talk about when it comes to the tech, and the first thing I think that needs to really be understood is there's basically two different types of mics that you're going to be looking at when it comes to podcasting. So you're looking at either a US USB mic, which is going to plug directly into your computer, or an XLR mic. So basically an XLR mic could be, uh, it has a cord that you, it's the same kind of microphone you'd find that runs into like a sound system or pretty much anything else. So the main difference between these two is that the XLR, if you want to run it through your computer, you're going to need basically a converter. So I have on my desk, I have, it's called a Scarlett 2i2. Uh, it's made by Right. and basically what is happening is, so this mic I'm using is an XLR microphone. It runs into the Scarlett. The Scarlett has a USB plug on the back, which is running into the computer. So this device here is taking the signal from my USB microphone, converting it into a digital signal and sending it to the computer. So this is obviously is going to be important for things like this where we're talking online, if you want to use the microphone for Skype or Google Hangouts or really anything on your computer, you're going to need to have that Um, the advantage of having an XLR mic is that you don't have to use it with the computer. So you can run it into any, like a regular old field recorder. You can run it into a soundboard. Like there's lots of other different places that you can use it and run it into. And then on the other side, there's the USB microphones, right? Which only plug into your computer. So basically it's doing all that converting within the microphone itself. So you're taking out that step of having the converter and you can just plug it straight into your computer, but that also has a few limitations as well in that the you have to have a computer so it's a little bit potentially like less portable you have to make sure you have the computer that is powerful enough and you have the right software in order to record using the microphone. And then the process of having multiple USB mics attached to one computer isn't as simple as I think it should be. So that was one of the issues that I was running into was I had uh, actually had this this microphone and this setup and an XLR microphone and I was just running into lots of problems trying to record two microphones simultaneously. It is possible but it's a little bit complicated. So that's kind of the first big decision you need to make. So as far as actual things uh, like microphones and stuff so this mic that I'm using is a Shure SM7B and for everybody listening I'm going to have links to all of these things are going to be down in the description of this video so don't feel like you have to write all this stuff down necessarily Um, but this is a Shure SM7B this is probably overkill Um, this is one of those things where I like to like I say go big or go home so like this is probably more than like the average person is going to need but I'm never going to have to replace it like this is the same microphone that they use to record the Thriller album Michael Jackson. Jackson recorded all his vocals on this type of microphone, which is completely overkill and unnecessary for what I'm doing. But, um, so this is what I'm using. The other mic that I use, which is also an XLR mic, is the Shure SM58. And basically that's just like a smaller little, kind of what you'd think of when you think of a microphone on a stand that someone is standing on a stage and giving a talk, they're gonna talk into that kind of a mic. That one was around a hundred dollars and that's really, really good good quality. Now there's all sorts of different things as far as like pickup patterns of microphones and cardioid versus non-cardioid and dynamic and all these different things. And I think that that can get a little bit confusing for like the average, person so what i would say is a really great resource is it's called podcastage it's a youtube channel and basically this guy has reviewed pretty much like every microphone you could ever think of so um i'm going to give like I said, i'll give a bunch of suggestions but i really suggest going to his uh his channel because he talks about all these different microphones the price point what comes in the box and he gives really good audio demonstrations of all of them if you want to go the xlr route i think that the sm58 is a really good way to go There's again, there's a million other different ways to go, Um, but as far as recorders, there's kind of two that I would I would choose between. One is going to be the Rode H6 which is a field recorder, it gives you it has up to 4 inputs if you want to do lots of different mics all at one time. So that's another thing you want to take into consideration is going to be how many people you're going to have recording all at once. If it's just going to be you and one other person online or the two of you together, then you want to, you know, obviously keep that in consideration. The Rode H6, the H5, the even the H4n are all just different audio recorders. Um, I personally use a Tascam DR40, which is another audio recorder that you can plug two XLR mics straight into that. So that I really enjoy because it's uh, it's a very portable option. It's just, you know, it takes tri- or AA batteries. It's super easy to use. You just plug them into there and record and go. You don't need to have your laptop out. You don't have to deal with all that stuff. You can do it all straight from there. As far as USB microphones go, the main the main ones that I used before this was the blue yeti that's probably honestly the one I'd recommend the most
1: I've heard of that one the most yeah so
0: that's the one I would kind of recommend the most kind of not I mean it's it's not cheap I mean it's like 150 bucks so it's not super cheap it's not super versatile it is but it isn't like the, the only downside with the Blue Yeti, and I've recommended it to people, and it is not a bad microphone. It's just, it's um, it's a little bit too sensitive. So, it's going to pick up a lot of room noise and things like that. So, for you, especially like working in a little bit of a less <laughs>
1: campground <life>. right, campground,
0: <laughs> a little bit less controlled environment, that's going to be a little bit harder to get a super clean signal. It's not a bad option. It's the easiest as far as like plug and play goes. You know, Rode has a couple USB, the Rode Podcaster is a really good one. The Rode NT USB are both made specifically for podcasting and are really simple to just kind of plug in. The NT USB one, they actually have an entire kit that you can buy that comes with like the arm and the mic and the cords and like all the stuff that you need to get started. Oh wow. Sweet. But what I would probably say for most people out there, a big uh, number, like number one suggestion would be, it's the Audio-Technica ATR2100. And the reason why this is a great mic is because it is both XLR and USB. So depending on your situation and depending on which way you kind of want to go, this is definitely a good first mic to go for, I think, because again, has good sound quality. It's not super expensive. It's around $100. And it does give you the option for both either XLR or USB. So depending on kind of your situation, depending on where you're recording that's going to be a really good option.
1: Sweet. I never considered before the fact that Pete and I are going to be hosting the podcast together and maybe speaking into one mic is not Mm -hmm. the best solution for that. So finding a recorder that kind of has the two mic options, like you were saying with XLR, that might be, that's something I probably wouldn't have considered before. So I think that's, I think Blue Yeti is such a like, I don't know, buzz, not buzzword, but that's what I just hear and see so much.
0: Yeah, that's like the very typical like podcast mic to go for. And that's what I, so originally I bought that before I did any research. Like when back when I was just doing the Anchor stuff, I bought the Blue Yeti because I was like, oh, right. this is the one. This is like the best podcast mic. And it's fine. It's not bad. But again, if you go to this guy's YouTube channel and you look at his videos about it, he's like, it's not bad. It's just not mm. that great for what you're paying. And there's other options that are better for vocals. Like the USB, the the Yeti one, it has a bunch of different options on the back. So you can actually do like a two-person interview and all these different things, but it's stuff that you don't necessarily need. So you're getting all these extra options that aren't really that helpful if you're just doing voice recording. You know, you're getting all this extra sort of noise and stuff. So yeah, so that's th- there is a lot that goes into it, but it, kind of, but not really. You know what I mean? Like
1: Yeah. Do you think it could get kind of the the what you said, the microphones that are probably ones that you can invest a little more in, but are going to last way longer and just have higher quality and such do you also need to look into getting some kind of, what are they called? Um, the things that go in front of your mouth so that you're not,
0: yes. So a, a, and uh, like that. <laughs> a windscreen or a puff screen. There you go. Yeah, so yes. that's definitely a good investment. You can get those for like $7 on Amazon. I definitely suggest getting one of those for most mics. So this mic that I'm using, again, the Fancy Mic, it actually has that built in inside of this capsule, okay. um, as well as it has a shock mount built inside of this capsule as well. So for the regular microphone, I suggest you definitely wanna get a shock mount because basically what that's going to do is it's going to give it a little bit of suspension so that if you hit the table, if you touch the mic, a little bit of stuff like that, it'll reduce those vibrations going into okay. the microphone. Um, again, there'll be a link to that in the description, but it's just a little circle that you attach the microphone to. And then uh, I'm going to also put a link to some tabletop stands that I got that are really nice. They're really portable. They, they There's two sections. There's a base that's weighted and then a pole that kind of like screws into it. And I just took those to Hawaii and California and did a bunch of like podcasts on the go. Those are really really great because you can they fold down super small you can kind of hide them away they don't take up a ton of room i like using this arm that i'm currently using it's an extending arm mostly because then i can reach my keyboard if it wasn't for needing to reach my keyboard this would probably be unnecessary and it's just a little bit more uh work to kind of carry this around and to set it up you need to have a table and all those types of things so uh definitely the the little portable desktop stands, the shock mount, the windscreen, then your microphone, and then depending on if you're doing XLR or USB, then you need to have your recorder or your laptop to do to get started with recording.
1: Okay. And then I uh, then kind of from there all of the input are, you know, the recording of it and the editing of it. And I know there's a lot of different options for I know people do Skype, I know you do you know, hangouts and um, kind of all of that. How did you decide what you wanted to use to conduct the calls and what you wanted to use um, to record and edit them?
0: Perfect. So, if you're doing them online like this, which I feel like a lot of people are going to be doing, then there's a couple different options that you're going to have. So, what I'm using, what we're currently using is called Zencaster and Zencaster is a really it's a website I sent uh, I just sent Jordan a link she clicked on the link we both end up in this looks like a little chat room and I'm controlling it all from my end I just hit record it's recording out of my microphone I can you know set my own settings it's recording her microphone she selects her own settings and then it's actually recording both those files independently but one on my computer one on her computer and then when we finish recording it uploads them all to the cloud and then I can just download them onto my computer and then edit away so I think that is my preferred way of doing the actual audio recording. The only downside is that there is a fee if you want to have um, some of the more advanced features. Um, but I think that Zencaster is going to give you the best quality. It records in WAVE, which is basically an uncompressed audio format. So Zencaster is really good. Another one, there's like um, Zoom, which is a lot of times people use for like meetings and things like that. That has some recording features. And then the other one is, it's called eCam Call. So basically what that does is you have to use Skype for that one which is like I guess like a pro or con depending on if you're a Skype or a Google Hangouts person. But you can use Skype. But the, the main advantage to that one is that it also allows you to record the video simultaneously. So if you did want to do any sort of video recording to put it on a YouTube channel or something like that, the eCam call is going to be a good option because it records um, all the different video tracks and the audio tracks. And it has some cool features where you can decide um, after it records everything, if you want them to be like side by side or stacked on top of each other or like alternating back and forth, things like that. So those are kind of the two ways as far as recording from with other people who are remote, who aren't going to be with you when it comes to recording in person. like You guys are probably doing so for you guys, since you already have the Adobe suite, I use Audition. Adobe Audition, which is going to be the most like pro sort of way of doing it. But it's still relatively simple. Um, You can start basically you make a new multi-track session and it has a podcast preset where basically it makes a bunch of different tracks and kind of does a whole a lot of the work in that, you know, setting it all up for you. It's relatively easy to use. And there's a ton and ton and ton of tutorials on YouTube about Audition. So the nice thing about Audition is that it has all the power in the world, like literally people edit, audio for like movies on Audition. Or it can also be very, very simple and it can just be like very basic. But since you also know how to use Premiere, a lot of the same features that are in Premiere are also in Audition. And vice versa. So that's a good one, I think. Is it's just going to give you a lot of flexibility and allow you to really grow and it kind of expand, like, and go as crazy as you want, or make it as simple as you want. Some other great options, if you don't have the Adobe Suite or if Audition just seems too intimidating, would be you know something like GarageBand is a really great option. Um, Audacity is a free download that people can can download I've and heard use. Heard a lot that. about Audacity. Yeah, you do know about Audacity.
1: I just that's kind of I feel like between Blue Yeti and Audacity, I feel like those are the two kind of like big things that you hear just repeatedly. And and I think kind of like the bootstrapping sense of getting a podcast up.
0: Sure. Right. And since you already have the creative cloud, I think people use audacity because it's free. And it, people don't want to have to pay for it, especially if they are not on a Mac. If you're using a PC or something like that, you don't have GarageBand. So Audacity, I think that's mm-hmm. why it's one. Of, it's very popular and a lot of people know about it, and it's a great option. I've never personally used it extensively because I have. I've always had Audition, but it's a really great option. And then GarageBand also has some built-in like podcast features. They have some really simple like voice you know male voice boost or female voice boost or whatever some like really simple things you can put on just to sweeten the audio just a little bit Um, but the majority of podcast editing honestly is going to be like just making simple cuts, cutting out pauses, removing ums. If somebody says something you don't want, you know, taking that out, those types of things, there's not a whole bunch of crazy effects or anything like that you need to do. Right. And honestly, just using like some really simple EQ presets, you know, for like voice boost or whatever, those types of things is really all you're going to need for a basic podcast. You know, as long as what you're saying is audible, it's clear and people can understand what you're saying. People are pretty forgiving. I've found, I think when it comes to audio, um, no one's going to necessarily be expecting this like Crystal Clear, High Fidelity Audio. Obviously, there are podcasts out there that are like that or that have more editing to them, such as, you know, like NPR style podcasts. But those have, you know, teams of 20, 25 people working on them who are doing all the music and composing and all sorts of crazy stuff. So just for a basic, just like this conversational podcast, uh, I think that any of those softwares as far as editing are going to be great. And a lot of those also allow you to record as well. And then the last one would be like if somebody uh, is already into audio and they use like Pro Tools or something like that, you know, which comes on which is basically like the final cut pro equivalent for audio it's made by apple that's another one you could use um but those are the ones that i suggest Kind
1: of jumping ahead this is because a question but you kind of went on it based off the editing that i feel like can be a very time consuming Mm -hmm. part or at least that's what i would assume um especially if you record an hour long podcast and then you have to go back through and listen and cut out ums or do that um Mm -hmm. and i could just be overthinking it but is that something that you outsource is that something i know you like tech so maybe it might be a different answer than everyone else but um and also i guess just in your experience of having friends that podcast and stuff is that typically like something that people could easily outsource if they got really scared of the tech, I guess.
0: Definitely. So I think it, it comes down to personal preference. So like I said, for me, I love that side of it. And it's just sort of like a, it's a fun thing for me to do. So I don't outsource the editing. But last week on the podcast, or two weeks ago, my friend Davey was on and he just started his podcast and he outsources all of his editing, right? So that is, I would say, one of the easier things to outsource because there's not a lot of creative control. Again, especially if you're just trying to have more conversational style podcasts and there's not a whole lot of creative choices that need. To be made, then I think you can definitely outsource that. I think that that's actually a really smart thing to do. If you feel like the editing and the t- like the time that's going to take go into editing is going to deter you from launching the podcast and being excited about the podcast and kind of like suck your joy when you're in making the podcast right because right. there's a lot of elements to it so some of them are gonna be life-giving some of them are gonna be life-taking if you find that the editing is really just like life-taking and it's not something you want to do i think you can definitely outsource it i don't have any resources i'm sure that if you googled like podcast editing services i probably there's got to be someone that are out there or if you just have a friend or somebody who you know who you can pay you know like 10 bucks an hour or something like that like it's really simple to like teach somebody how to do it it's just a matter of doing it there's the learning curve is very simple it's more just like somebody who has attention to detail, that's a, probably the most important thing i would look for in somebody who you want to have edit your audio podcast. But yeah, all that sort of stuff can totally be outsourced. If you have the budget and if you think that's necessary, I think that's definitely possible.
1: Yeah, I think, and for us, I mean, the tech we like, it would be more just because mm-hmm. we want to do this, we want to be consistent. And I don't want to not be doing podcasts because it's I'm not making the time to edit consistently.
0: Right, um, for sure.
1: So kind of going off of that, in terms of what your process looks like for podcasting even from you know finding people and setting up the interviews conducting them obviously we've talked about tech so all that you know you have the tech ready you have your name you're ready to go what does that look like you know kind of on your day-to-day because this is like you said your fun hobby and for us it would kind of be a passion project as well um so how do you you know do you have bulk edit day, you know bulk record days setting those up kind of what your process and how you stay consistent because i feel like that's a really important thing when it comes to podcasting.
0: Yeah, you're right. So consistency is definitely key. So what I would say just starting out is you want to... The first thing I did was I made a huge list of everybody who I kind of thought would be a good guest on the podcast, just like friends, people I know, any sort of like interesting topics I had. I just made a really, really long list. And then I started reaching out to a few people, right? Um, I think that when you're launching... I'm kind of jumping ahead because I know some of your questions already. But when you're launching, I think having a couple podcast episodes like under your belt when you launch is really important. And I think that the first couple that you launch with are going to also be really important. So one of the interesting things about podcasting that's sort of unfortunate is that the like organic growth of podcasts isn't very high. Like it's not like a YouTube video where if you put the right keywords and things like that, people will just naturally start finding it podcasting isn't really like that you kind of need to use all of your other social media platforms and your other influential areas to grow your podcast along with that the audience of your guests so having if you have any friends who have really big audiences right or people who may have a have big influence i would suggest reaching out to them first because honestly that is going to be the biggest driving factor in kind of helping things get up and off the ground and to start getting the word out there for me I mean honestly the popularity is not the right word the amount of reach or the amount of like social media followers that the guests have, there seems to be a correlation to like how many uh, downloads that their episode has. So I see like, I'll share it on my social media and it'll get a pretty consistent amount of downloads. And then once the guest shares it on their social media, that's when there's usually like a big jump. Um, You know, some of my friends, it jumps like 2000 downloads. Some of it will jump like 200. It just kind of depends. So picking out some guests who are going to help you kind of like get things off the ground that are willing to promote it, those types of things, that'd be really important. But as far as reaching out to them goes, I have a Google form that I use that I just have a couple really basic questions on. And basically, it just asks things, you know, like, what's your name? What would you like? What topic would you want to talk about? Where can I find you on social media? A few really simple things. And then I have that in my Instagram bio. So if anybody is interested in being on the podcast, all I have to do is go fill that out really fast. I can get their information. That's so that's for people finding you. As far as, you know, and then reaching out to people, I just reach out and say like, hey, I'm starting this podcast, this is what it's about. Would you be willing to be on it? I use an app called Calendly. Love Calendly. You love Calendly, right. So, you already know about Calendly. And basically, that just, you can set which states you're available. I think that bulk recording is a good idea if you can make that happen. Um, I think right off the bat, you kind of got to take whatever you can get. But eventually, I think you'll get to a point where you can say, okay, I only want to do recordings on like these certain dates. And if you can try and line up a whole bunch of them, if like the stars all align and you can record four or five podcasts in one day, right? I know people who do that. And they really like that. That to me also sounds like it would potentially be kind of hard like mentally yeah. that could be kind of straining. So you gotta kind of play out and see, so kind of figure out what you like the most, but if it's just the two of you and you're just, you know, you're just chit chatting back and forth and you can prepare a bunch of episodes in a row. Yeah, go for it. I think batch batch editing is a really, really great idea. Um, so I reach out to them, they fill out the contact form. I send them back the Calendly link, as well as an extra form, another Google form that basically asks for like their photograph. So I can use that for social media stuff you know, all their social media links. So when I go to put it into the show notes, I don't have to go searching around for it. Um, I ask for their professional bio so that I don't have to like write that for them. It's just kind of whatever they want it to be. Some of those really simple things. Um, So then we have the the date selected. Once we have the date selected and they filled out that form, in like the day or two prior to whenever their interview is going to be, I'll send them an email with some basic information. So basically like things they need to know uh, about podcasting that they may not know about. So, you know, bring headphones, try and record in a quiet space, all those types of things, just anything to kind of ease their mind and make sure that they feel like they know what they're doing is correct. I try to send over a general idea of what we're going to be talking about. These are very conversational, so they're not very like scripted. Uh, This one's actually probably the most like scripted one, just because we both have like prepared questions, and it kind of needs to be that way. But most of the time, it's just very conversational. So I'll send over some talking points, and then I will send them the link to a Google Hangout that we use, so we can just see each other face to face, and then a link to their own ZenCaster, call it like ZenCaster Room, where they can go for for the recording, and just make sure they have all that information that they need. And then on my on my end, I'm doing research. So, I'm like looking them up on Instagram, finding their website. If they have like a YouTube channel or anything like that, just kind of trying to get a general idea, especially if I don't know them. If it's my friends, I may not do that as much. But if it's somebody I don't know, like today, I didn't know you prior to this. So, I was like, <laughs> you know, like just kind of stalking you guys just a little bit just to have a general idea of kind of like what you're all about. Right. Um, you want to have s- some level of inform informity going in so you don't just... Seem like you have absolutely no idea
1: that's how you found our frozen pipes i think
0: right exactly <laughs> yeah so RV. i found out about i found their youtube channel which had an, a very interesting video which everyone should go watch <laughs> about uh their pipes being frozen when they were camping and where were you in colorado in somewhere? breckenridge
1: colorado Brecken yes. Ridge,
0: colorado yeah and they had to build a skirt
1: yeah, for their
0: up. rv and they went to lowe's it was a great it was a great <laughs> little vlog everyone should go watch it link link there down below go. but yeah so then and then just make sure they have all the information make sure that they're kind of like ready to go And then obviously we jump on, we record just like this, and then I have everything saved. And then do I guess, do you want me to go all the way into like...
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, selfishly, it's helpful, but I think so many people think of just kind of get to like, what tech do I need? And then like, oh, now Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) You know what I mean? I think like, I feel like there's so much education on here are my affiliate links of my favorite text. And then there's not really a, okay, so now what do I do when I want to push it live? And I guess we can kind of from there, you, you mentioned it, but almost going into the launch strategy, because I feel like anyone listening to this is going to launch a podcast, they're going to need to know how to start it. So,
0: so I'm just going to keep going. Through. I'm just going to keep going through the whole process. Awesome. Um, just because... It'll, it'll be easier that way and we'll get into launch because I think that's also super important okay so I have the podcast recorded and then depending on how many that I have stacked up kind of depends on when I end up editing them I try and release new podcasts once a week and I chose Mondays I might change that because I found out like everybody releases their podcasts on Mondays sort of naturally so I might try to switch to a different day because that seems like on my podcast feed anyway it gets like inundated on Monday mornings so anyway so when it comes to editing what I go is I, I bring both of the audio files in or however you want to do it into your audio editing software. And this is where it kind of comes down to personal preference on how polished you want it to be. Because you could probably leave it just running straight through. I personally like to go through and remove any sort of ums and pauses. And I try and make everybody sound as good as possible. appreciate Especially my, I mean, myself <laughs> included. You know, I try and make everybody sound really, really smooth and polished. You don't have to do that. There's plenty of really great podcasts out there that are literally just straight You know, raw all the way through. It's going to kind of depend on your personal preference, how well you are when it comes to speaking on the microphone, things like that. It also has a lot to do with your guests and how comfortable they are being on the microphone. Sometimes there's just really long pauses where people will stammer over their words or they'll start a sentence and stop and start a sentence and stop and then they'll start it again. And you can really just take out all the beginning stuff. So I go through and I edit everything. I, you know, do my basic leveling. I, do all the EQ, do all that basic stuff. And then I record the intro and the outro. So I like to listen through the whole thing again, because when you're doing the podcast, it's easy to kind of forget what you actually talked about and what was actually said and things like that, especially if I don't edit it right away. Sometimes, you know, it's a couple of days later. So then I'll go through, I'll basically listen through the whole thing, kind of decide what, what I want for my intro. If you are not comfortable with just kind of turning on the mic and just starting to talk, you can script that out if you want, um, however you want to do your introduction. Again, that's also kind of a personal preference. If you want it to be very, like very formal and have like a, you know, a welcome and then an audio intro and then back into your thing and whatever, you know, you kind of decide that for yourself. Um, But for mine, I usually just kind of, I let the intro music run. I say a little bit about the guest, kind of give some context, some background information, um, you know, then kind of turn it over to that let the episode play out, and then I do an outro at the end. I have some specific music that I use for every single episode that I downloaded from uh, either artlist.io or Soundstripe. Dot .com which are both audio licensing services that we use for our weddings and things like that. So it was really easy for me. If you're just doing this one off and you didn't want to pay for a whole subscription, you just needed the one song. The musicbed.com is a really really great option as somewhere to go where you can buy, you know, license a song They probably have like a podcast option and then you kind of like own the rights to that song and then you can just use that for every single episode. Do all that sort of stuff, get it all edited, make sure it's all ready to go. And then I export the whole thing as an mp3 file. Then I upload it to my um, podcast syndicator, which we'll we'll talk about that in one second, which what I use for that. So I upload it to the syndicator um, and then I got to fill out all the different information, do all that sort of stuff. Um, I set it to go live, you know, at a certain time, whatever, 5am i like, because when people wake up, it's already on their phone if they're no matter what they're doing. Um, so you set it to set it to go live. And then personally, I, make a bunch of stuff for like social media. So for each individual episode. So I have a few different templates that I've made that I'm just taking that photo that they submitted to me through the form. And I'm plugging that into my, into my Instagram template. I have a couple different ones made, put their photo in there, put their name in the description, you know, all those different types of things. And I send all that to my phone. So I have that ready whenever it goes live. Um, I even do a thing in After Effects where I pull like an audio clip from each episode and put that into after effects so there's a little line that like bounces as they as they talk you've probably seen that, like instagram that. stories yes. and stuff yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so i do oh all that sort of God. stuff and a lot of that stuff wondering is optional how it's, you gonna, did that. <laughs> it's it's really gonna depend so i'll i'll send it to you it's just i found a like everything else in my life this is like the number one kept secret of ty and ty's tech line is that youtube is the source <laughs> of all knowledge so if when if you ever wonder like i wonder how ty learned how to do that I probably looked it up on YouTube, YouTube. University. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll, I can send you the YouTube link uh, to how I learned how to do that. But a lot of that stuff is stuff you just kind of prepare ahead of time. If you don't have a design background degree, like, or a design background like you and I do, um, you could hire somebody to make you those types of templates and kind of show you how to do it. Or you could use something like, um, shoot, what is it called? The online, it's online. Like it's Fiver- free. Or Canva. Oh, Canva. Yeah. Canva. Yeah. So, like, something like Canva, you could make little, you know, Instagram. Instagram story things for your episodes mm-hmm. and things like that. So yeah. So then and then everything is ready to go. I have it all ready to go on my end, and that's when we get into awesome.
1: No, that's it's I think it's so helpful to hear about the kind of after effect of, of recording it because I think that, you know, isn't really talked about so much. So it's really cool to hear about I think one thing you said you were going to talk about your syndicator is the only thing that maybe we didn't mention which one you use.
0: Sure. So I use what's called fireside and the reason i chose that is because a guy who i follow that has a podcast said that he liked it and i checked it out it's pretty easy to use um and so i started using it as well there's a couple different ones out there the two ones i would suggest is gonna be fireside and then uh simple cast those are kind of the two what i think that are the best ones and podcasting for a long time was very very complicated as far as like getting everything on itunes it was like a whole process you had to have like a separate website for it and like a you know, a blog to like host it and like do all this different stuff. The reason I like Fireside is because it's very very simple. It does cost money. It costs uh I think it's like $20 a month or something like that. Um I can check really really fast. So I do have to pay for it, but basically what it does is it takes all of the complicated nature out of it. So basically all I have to do is what Fireside does is you set up your podcast, you fill out all the information, you put it like your name, your information, the description, all the different stuff that iTunes is going to want. And then it creates the RSS feed for you, which and then it gives you the exact link you need to click on to go submit it to Apple. Right. So that's the one thing that you're going to that you do need to do is you're going to have to submit your podcast to Apple because obviously like iTunes is the number one source of Podcast, So that's like the number one place you want to have it. So it gives you the exact links that you need and pretty much tells you exactly how to do it um, and makes it super easy to just go over to apply um, for a thing on iTunes. There is a bit of a delay when it comes to their... Um, approval process they have to i I don't know if like a human is actually like listening to what you have so i suggest that before you do that you have at least one episode like maybe some sort of like a five minute little intro or just something so that there's something up there Um, but it kind of walks you through that whole thing You, you upload your cover art it tells you exactly you know what size to make it if you've ever used a wordpress blog it's very much like the back end of that it's so it's really you know really simple and intuitive to use and You know, it has the the categories down the side and it's pretty foolproof. Um, So you just so you kind of fill out that whole thing, get everything all set up. And then it has you can decide how exactly you want to use it. Um, It does give you a website that it auto generates for you that you can use. And you can even link your own URL to that. So if you wanted to buy, you know, www.mypodcast.com and have that go to this fireside generated website you can do that. They even allow you to put like a blog on there and stuff like that. They give you, there's a different page made for every episode that has information about the guest and the description and all that sort of stuff. But you don't have to use that if you don't want to. If you'd rather, it also gives you some good like embed things. So, um, you know, it gives you some embed code that if you wanted to go put it on your own website and just have a separate tab on your own website for your podcast and just embed their code onto your website. You can do that, and it's very easy. Um, but that's the reason why I like it. And then, you know, for whenever I go to upload a new episode, all I have to do, you know, create, hit the, the new episode button, you know, ask me for my MP3 file, upload that. Um, you know, give it the title, give it the summary, give it the description, give it the tags, all that stuff, and then it automatically sends everything in the, in the appropriate ways over to iTunes. So all I have to do is hit save on Fireside, and it automatically kind of does everything else for you.
1: Sweet. So when you say you have to submit it to iTunes, it's just to start the podcast, not every episode. That's why you have that syndicator.
0: Right. Okay. Just to get your podcast into the iTunes catalog, like into okay. their library as a new. Is there podcast.
1: this kind of kind of goes right into the launch strategy is there a timing that you don't you only mm-hmm. want to submit that when you're ready to start publishing or can you kind of do that part ahead of time like i know there's a lot with the whole new and no, noteworthy and trying to get obviously a lot of traction when you first launch
0: mm. did,
1: did you have a certain timing about
0: that that's a good question for me i didn't i was never really trying to like my goal was never to grow this like super super big podcast i feel like if you were a celebrity and you really wanted to like make it to the top of iTunes charts and do all that stuff or like new and noteworthy and stuff like that. There might be some strategy behind that. But again, the good and bad thing about podcasts is that even if it's up, the odds of someone just kind of like stumbling upon it are pretty low. So you can submit that kind of ahead of time just to make sure that it's all in there and that it's, you know, you've got it all correct and it looks good in iTunes and all that sort of stuff. Because again, the majority of the traffic is going to be coming from you sending people there. Not so much people just stumbling upon it in iTunes. It's very rare that someone's just going to find your podcast unless they know exactly kind of what to search for. Going
1: off of that, you said I know cuz you mentioned it in your process for podcasting and how you find someone to interview and reaching out. Um do you recommend I guess I know you said like people that have a reach or following you'll notice certain downloads? Do you pick, I guess, certain people when you are launching the podcast that you know, you know, the first three episodes, these names will be more recognizable or these topics are really, Um, I guess, how did the people you interview affect your launch strategy and how many would you recommend launching with when you start? Sure.
0: I think, I mean, I do think that if you have the option to, I think having some people on there that have bigger reaches is a good idea at first just to kind of help get that tr- get the ball rolling um, I don't think that should be the only factor like obviously you want to make sure you're putting out like really solid content like for your first three that you make sure that they're really good topics really good conversations and things like that and when it comes to podcasting I think that the focus needs to be more on like the depth that you're gaining in trust and the depth that you're gaining with each individual listener not so much on like how many listeners you're going to have because I think that just as a general rule there's going to be less of an audience for your podcast than probably any other social media platform that you already have. But the, again, it's more about the depth that they're going to connect with you and that connection that you're building more than like the reach. So it's one of those kinds of kind of like a catch 22. You don't really want to focus on it too much, but at the same time, like if there's only five people listening, like you probably, something should probably change. You know, there's gotta be kind of like a balance between those two things. Um, And I honestly don't even really know what like a good, podcast number is i think that's all very very relative so as far as launch strategy goes yeah i think that starting with three i think having three on those people can kind of listen to a couple to kind of get an idea for it kind of start falling in love with it and that'll make them you know leave them wanting more so and then next week when the next one comes out they're ready for that um i didn't personally have a huge launch strategy I kind of wanted it to be more just like loosey QC and kind of fun and just sort of see where things went. But I can definitely see like my friend Davey, he just did his and he he definitely went way more in depth on his launch strategy and things like that. So you wanna make sure that you're utilizing your social media platforms. If you have some sort of like a mailing list, an email list, you know, making, if you have really anything you have, making a YouTube video about it, um, hyping it up ahead of time, make sure you kind of start hinting at it and talking about it all those sort of normal things that you do for any sort of a launch. I think that you definitely want to do that for the podcast as well.
1: I love one thing you just said about, you know, focus on a strategy, have, have a plan, but make it your, that's not the goal necessarily of podcasting is to have this huge, enormous reach. And I think this f- type of media specifically really is, and you do a good job at keeping it conversational, but it really is meant to kind of develop that relationship, I think with your audience on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And so kind of getting away from like the tech part of it, um, and I know cause we're going kind of late on time too. What, how has the podcasting impacted your business or like, you know, your goals, I guess, for growing it? Cause I feel like it's a very, like you said, it's a, it can be very engaging personal not necessarily like, Hey, come hire me. And this is, you know, come get a million people to come watch me. So how has, uh, how has podcasting allowed you to connect deeper and do
0: that? Yeah. I think that, That is the beauty of podcasting. And I've said this a couple of times, but I think that the ability to sit down with somebody and have an hour long conversation uninterrupted is very uncommon. Like it's something that we don't do nearly as much anymore, even with our spouses and our family and stuff like that. It's very uncommon just to sit down and talk with people for an extended period of time. So for me, that has always been sort of like the main thing that I've liked the most about doing the podcast is just being able to sit down and talk with people and i really didn't know if anybody was going to care or anybody was going to have any interest whatsoever in this from the beginning so i kind of went in almost like not wanting to set myself up with too high of expectations like just being like if only you know six people listen that's fine like i don't even really care um and obviously the response has been a little bit better than that but I think that, yeah, just allowing yourself to go in and know that the the benefit, you know, we talked about this, oh, I talked about this, Davey, on that podcast, the ROI of the podcast, like your return on your investment, definitely is not going to be dollars, especially not right off the bat. And I think that if you go into it expecting to make a ton of money or to like monetize this thing or to turn it into like this cash cow, like that's not why you should start podcasting. For me, like I said, podcasting just gives me a really great excuse to talk with a bunch of really cool people, have some really cool conversations. And again, for me, I'm just kind of like going with the flow. So I think that kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, which is, you know, going into this thing very open minded and just kind of willing to kind of let it take you sort of wherever it's going to take you. And I think that you may be surprised by where you end up if you have that mentality and you'll be surprised by the types of conversations and the people you get to meet if you kind of just kind of let it flow and not have too much control over it. Um, You know, there's so many people out there with like Instagram strategies and YouTube strategies and Facebook strategies. We can be very precise and specific with this. But I think that the exciting thing about podcasting is that there's not a whole lot of strategy behind it right it's kind of this new frontier and it's not that it's necessarily a new medium but it's sort of this new thing that's sort of becoming popular and people are trying to figure out exactly where it fits within the rest of our like content strategy so I think that if you're willing to let it kind of take you where it's going to go just kind of go with the flow and have not low expectations but just like realistic expectations of what's to actually get back out of it i think that that's going to serve you really well
1: yeah i think that's a great point because so many people i think it's it can fall into a trap as an entrepreneur feeling like you have to a do everything on every platform and b do it with an intent of like getting a lot of followers or growing in a certain way and i feel like podcasting is this unique opportunity to really just connect and serve and i feel like the podcasts that i personally like listening to at least are the ones that are conversational they are you know interviews and things where the heart behind it is to have these conversations and to talk about topics that the people are really interested in and you're also really interested. And in. it's not necessarily focused on, like you said, like trying to get... If, you, if you're starting a podcast just trying to get sponsors to pay you or just trying to get a million downloads, I feel like it, it, it's not going to have the value that you really want it to have.
0: Right. And I think that people can see through that. Like totally. I think people know when you start a podcast for, I mean, quote unquote, the wrong reasons, I think it becomes very obvious. But I think that if you're doing it for the right reasons, which I think, again, your guys idea for your podcast is a really, really great idea. And it comes from a place of selflessness, like just wanting to share, wanting to have an impact, those types of things. I think that if you're able to come at it from that way, and just not again, not care so much about the numbers and the downloads and the likes and all that sort of stuff, but just growing this really deep connection with a small group of people, which, you know, could become a big group of people. I don't know, you know, who's who's to say it won't. But, you know, going in with just that expectation, I think that those are the most powerful podcasts that I've that I found. I always say like, if I'm interested in it, there's probably somebody out there who's interested in it. And if you try and be everything for everybody, you're never going to connect with anybody really. But if you can just be yourself and be authentic and just have these real genuine conversations, there'll be people out there who appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's, it's cool here too. And we're gonna, we'll have to convince you to get on the podcast and share a little about your story too, because we very yes. much want it to be no, about I others. Love that like for sure. it's, it's a weird thing to start up your own podcast and not want it be about you. But I think in the same way you're saying, like you're interviewing people, you're sharing things you're passionate about. um, That's what connects and brings people on. So um, keeping it kind of conversational and storytelling, Mm -hmm. I think is a really cool just takeaway that I I feel like I'm getting from everything that you're saying.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I will say that you're doing an awesome job of interviewing me and I think that you are going to be a really great podcast host. And one of your questions that you haven't gotten to yet, which we may not get to all of your questions is... You know, how do you become a better podcast? I was like, how do you how do you know what to say? How do you keep it conversational? And I think that you're doing a really great job. And I think a lot of it just comes from listening, right? And it's something that as maybe as a guy, I'm naturally probably inclined not to be a very good listener, as at least my wife has told me so anyway. So it's trying really hard to listen to what people are saying, kind of anticipate sort of like where you want the conversation to go and being able to respond to what they're saying, and but then also kind of like gently guiding them in in another direction and one of the best ways to get good at that is one just by doing it right that's the kind of the, the best way to learn how to do it but also i love now i really love watching interviews on things like beats 1 um like apple's you know radio like they have a youtube channel or watching things like even, you know, like, Good Morning America, like all these different things So these people have been doing interviews and those types of things for a really long time, watching like kind of the best of the best, and seeing how they do it and how they transition, how they're always thinking, you know, three steps ahead, those types of things, and just kind of like paying close attention to that, for me is very interesting. And that's something I've tried to implement into my podcast hosting. And then... Yeah, doing more listening than talking, which is weird for me because I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking on this one. Um, but yeah, you said you're doing a really great job listening, engaging with what they're saying, and then kind of guiding them in the next in the next direction. So, I think you're doing a great job.
1: I feel like... The, I told you, I feel like this is my trial run of like, do I yeah. have what it takes? But No, I think, you are
0: passing with flying colors, <laughs> I would say.
1: I No, I'm, I'm such a talker too. So, I think podcasting for me will be a good exercise in listening too because if my husband was on this right now, he, he usually is the listener and I'm the... I like to talk a lot. So I think being able to ask questions that guide people in the right way and and kind of sit back and just let them run the show um, is something I really want to practice in my own life. I think it's just an important life skill. And so I hope podcasts dive into that. Um, I'm curious if you have any advice on multiple person podcasts or kind of experience like chatting with multiple people at once, either you and Ash being on together or interviews, just I think for Pete and I, the logistics of that and how he and I will lead a conversation and interview people without confusing each other. I think, you know, it's intuitive to hear someone and think, okay, that's what I'm going to ask them next based off of what they said. But when it's live and you have multiple people, I guess, do you have anything kind of insight on that?
0: That's a great question. I think that... For that case, for YouTube, preparation is going to be pretty important um, and having some sort of, if you're in the same room and you can kind of like make some eye contact or you know things like that, it's a nice thing that there's no video involved so you can kind of be making like hand gestures and like, I'm going to ask the next question, you know, those types of things off off mic, so to speak. Um, that's going to be really important, being as prepared as possible. Um, but then the nice thing about podcasts, again, is that if you kind of talk over each other or there's sort of like that awkward like, oh no, you, like, you can just cut all that out. So, I think that it's kind of inevitable that it's going to be a little bit of that, a little bit of like stepping on each other's toes, especially at the beginning and to kind of like figure out a flow. But yeah, I just think the more prepared that you can be, the more you will be able to avoid that, but also just accepting that it's kind of inevitable in with four people trying to talk and, you know, be heard on on, on a podcast. Yeah.
1: And I love your idea about having a Google Hangouts because I think you can naturally tell when someone's mm-hmm. going to talk. We've done podcasts where we've just been interviewed over the phone and you do, I feel like get more of that like, oh oh, oh sorry, you go, not me, you know. So I think that helps a lot.
0: Right. And that's why, like, we're using the Google Hangout f- for no real purpose other than just so we can see each other and chat. So if you can do that, then I would definitely suggest that. Um, in person, is probably easier, you know, again, because they're the same, same kind of deal. You have the visual cues. Where you can kind of see, like, when someone's going to finish right. talking and, and those types yeah. of things. Cool. But,
1: well, I know we're kind of, yeah. I have about a billion questions, but I think two things to kind of end on then would be just overall, what has been the most challenging part of podcasting for you and what has been the most rewarding or
0: your favorite part of podcasting so far oh that's a really good question i try not to think about it too much ahead of time like i said i I had some of her questions but um gosh the most challenging part i think was the just initially getting started right and just believing that anyone is going to care about what i had to say right so i that's kind of how i work in a lot of areas i just kind of have to just do it um and because if i think about it too hard i'll talk myself out of it or say like oh no one's gonna care or this is a dumb idea or why would anybody listen to me talk about that for an hour but one day i kind of was just like you know i'm just gonna do it and i did the whole you know i put the whole thing together and i made all the graphics and i did the whole thing in probably like 48 hours just so i couldn't like second guess myself and i just put it out there And once I did, then I started to get some feedback and I started to get some response and it was all pretty positive. So then that kind of motivates you to, okay, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing this. So I think that the most challenging part of podcasting is just getting started and like kind of believing in your idea and figuring out as you go. And I've been evolving this entire time as far as like, buying mics as I've gone along and like upgrading that and figuring out audio and figuring out better editing techniques and better you know all this sort of stuff you know trusting that it's gonna it's gonna keep getting better it doesn't have to be perfect at the beginning and just to start because once you start then you'll keep going um my favorite thing uh it's just gotta be the conversations right it's I've I remember really distinctly remember being in like third and fourth grade and sitting on AIM and like talking with friends, mostly girls, but like talking with friends on AIM and just for hours. And I just remember always having like a million questions to ask. And I always remember thinking like I could literally sit here and talk to someone for like 48 hours straight if they just kept answering my questions. Right. So for me, and that kind of got lost like along along the way. But for me, just being able to sit down with people and literally like all the questions that I've always sort of wondered and was curious about, being able to sit down with them talk to them about it, hear from some really smart people, some really interesting people and just like listen and hear about their lives and get those questions asked that people probably always have had but have been like too afraid to ask or never had the avenue to ask. That to me is like the most rewarding thing. And then seeing the response from people as well, like when I put it out there and people, you know, seeing that people are actually listening and that people actually care and that they're interested in it and that they're, you know, want to talk about it and converse about it. That's also pretty cool. So it's great. I think that you guys are going to love it. I think that you guys are like the perfect couple to start a podcast just based off of your life and your story and what i know about you guys so far and just talking to you today i think that your podcast is going to be a huge success and i'm really really excited for you guys to to launch it someday
1: well i appreciate it we've been like i said we've been talking about it for a while and i think everything you're saying about you're like getting the inertia and starting it and you know learning as you go it's i mean that's definitely how our business has so i feel like we just you know gotta kind of jump in the deep end and, and make it work and i'm I'm really excited. I'm so appreciative that you took the time because this is such a unique way to get to ask questions to people and and kind of rapid fire everything you want to know about what their expertise is. So it's been really awesome. And like I said, we'd obviously love to share your story and journey kind of we can do the interview thing again and, and have you on the podcast when we do launch it.
0: Yes, absolutely. I would love, love, love that. So thank you so much because like I said, I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there who've had very similar questions who want to start a podcast, but don't really know where to start. So hopefully everybody out there that this has been helpful for you guys. Hopefully this has been a good resource. Like I said, I'm going to put tons and tons and tons of links uh, down below in the description. So make sure you check all that stuff out. If you have any more questions, um, anybody out there or you as well, I know that we didn't necessarily, it's just so much to cover. I think we covered a lot and we got like the majority of it, but there's always going to Questions. So, if you have questions, find me on Instagram. I'm at Tyler Harrington, or send me an email, Tyler at and I'd love to answer whatever I can. And if we have enough questions, we might do like a follow up episode or something with some more like follow up questions or things like that. Um, but for you, Jordan, where can everyone go find you? Find you guys' business. Follow along on social media and kind of follow your RV adventures.
1: <laughs> so, uh, super easy at Pete and Jordan. Uh, pretty much on everything. PeteandJordan.com. Um, I'd say peteandjordan.com is very much the inside side of, of what we do and, and the blog posts there are going to be kind of business marketing related. Um, if you want to see the crazy RV adventures, Instagram is definitely the place. There's a lot of our puppy and a lot of us freezing our butts off in really cold RV spots. So that's kind of the you know anywhere you go, Facebook, YouTube, all that would be Pete and Jordan.
0: That's awesome. So make sure you guys follow on with them, uh, especially to see when the podcast yes, comes out. One. We are not going to put a I'm not going to put you on the spot <laughs> here and ask you for a time or a timeline or anything like that. But you guys should definitely follow them because, like I said, they're super awesome, and I know their podcast is going to be really interesting. So Jordan, thank you so much for being on. This has been so amazing.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I so. So appreciate it.
0: All right, there you guys have it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Big thanks to Jordan again for being on the podcast. Again, if you guys have any any additional questions about podcasting, starting your own podcast or anything like that, head over to my Instagram at Tyler Harrington and let me know. If you're interested in supporting the show and you want to give us some really helpful feedback, we'd love for you to go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. That's really the only thing we ask of you guys. That would just be super helpful for us and super beneficial to the show. We don't have any sponsors or anything like that because this is still a little bit of a labor of love, but those types of reviews on iTunes are really the most beneficial thing you guys can do to help us out. As always, I am your host, Tyler Harrington, and thank you so much for being here. We will see you next time on another episode of Ty's Techline.